Next time on Drag Agitator. I must have been fucking crazy to let you in on this. Now get lost! <laughs> fucking asswipe! Hey, why don't you go get some pussy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm about to do. Welcome to Agitator, the season finale, the end of the demo tape, the outro. I am Kelby Losek. This is this is Spider-Man. <laughs> that is J. David Osborne. Yeah. We're uh, we're ending the season. Our season, for people who don't know, has been structured around Korn's self-titled album. And so this is the album. Uh, this is the album Ender, which if you remember on the original Korn album, it was the story of the singer getting raped by his father. So we're going to end on a similar uh, note where Kelby and I are going to talk about our childhood rapes. Yeah, this is going to be a heavy one. Yeah. Uh. Just kidding. That, that <laughs> joke was awesome. Everybody thinks that kind of thing is funny, right? That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I pressed the edgelord button this morning, I guess. I was drinking my uh, Black Rifle coffee. It's got this great slogan on the can. It says, uh, coffee and concentration for people who love America. <laughs> All right. And that's, that's me. A, that's me, bro. Yeah. Yeah. We love America. We're going into a, going into a new year in America. And that's 2022 right. is going to kick ass it's gonna be that's so like a, fire 2020 it's a really so it's a really gay thing to say to like even structure everything around like the year or whatever mm. but um like i like holidays i like christmas i like halloween uh maybe i just like those two holidays but the whole like you know this year is gonna be the year or this year sucked it's just it's really weird when you especially like when you work in construction and shit everything is like so day-to-day -day and jumbled and it's like there there is no real structure to things like because things are always in stages of development and and demolition it's like a constant metamorphosis going on mm -hmm. and then it's like from my end like lately holidays you know suck for like getting work and shit because people either they're having trouble with money or they don't want their house kind of in disarray during Christmas and shit like that so like there's like nah let's not do that right now and I'm just like okay I'll just continue being broke then is it uh, is it pushed back to the new year so you'll you'll get that work once the new year starts oh yeah no I, I've got shit lined up um so it's basically you're you have to learn how to hibernate like a bear. You have to yeah like yeah. Next you gotta year, know how to sit on uh, yeah. sit on a pile, build a pile, and then sit on it. Right, just for just for a month or two. I used to have to do that with editing because editing would dry up uh, during the summer. It was it's always bad June or July. This time of year, I'm busy now, and I've always been busy. 
during this during the holidays uh covid was a blessing for the editing job because people were stuck in their houses and a hundred thousand motherfuckers decided to write novels which is great for (laughs) me it's great for me but um yeah it used to dry up in the summer really bad and i remember trying to quit my job twice before i actually successfully quit my job and both of those times yeah i hit june and july and i didn't know how to manage my money you know like now if work dried up i'd be good for about a month and a half to two months i would say that's about how long i would have before shit started getting real but yeah you gotta stack the bread so that you don't have to stand in a bread line yeah yeah i thought like at first i was like i need about this much a month and if i hit that i'm good Mm -hmm. but really you need to get more than that and keep stacking because there's going like you can count on a dry spell somewhere yeah and there's nothing wrong with more money anyways like what what's i started thinking about i was like well what am i scared of am i scared of having more money like i think because so, i thought yeah. i think and I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not saying no i'm not saying you specifically though because man i feel that on my end for real but i had to i had to get used to having money and i don't have money like that but I even had to just get used to what I what I'm used to now because I mean bro when I was 28 29 if I had you know $400 in my checking account I I was rich now Mm -hmm. if I have $400 in my checking account I'm literally gonna call my mom and ask her yeah you're you're fucked yeah Yeah, exactly I'll be like mommy please so I try to keep it I try to keep it above above a thousand at all times but, you know, uh, my point is, is that back in the past, when I actually started making that kind of money, you have that poverty mindset and you think, okay, I have to, sp- I have to spend this now, um, which, you know, you don't have to, you can actually just sit on, you can actually just not spend money. It's great. Like I still just pirate shit. I don't spend a dime on books, movies. I do buy video games, but Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to pirate those unless you're like a PC gamer or something. Yeah, if you're a PC gamer, and maybe you can pull really it off. good at hacking or something. Yeah, you have to have a skill set. With movies and uh, books, you just press a button and then and then you go. I can already yeah. hear the the seething from all the writers who listen to this. Like, you don't buy books? No, no, I don't. No, no, and you know. And neither should you. <laughs> you don't have to either. You want my book? You can email me. Like I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. Yeah, people um, get it fucked up with money when it comes to art. I think, which is just basically, you know, people bought the agitator shirts, which I thought your designs were great, but I was still surprised by that, because I just get surprised when people buy anything. But like, people bought the shirts and. We've got some cool ideas for, you know, retarded box sets and stuff like that <laughs> that I am 100% sure that people are going to buy because in 2021, you have to rearrange your brain with regard to what people actually want to to pay for anymore, you know? Because people, do, I mean, people do buy shit. I, I say that I don't buy books or movies, but I do buy stuff. It's just not that stuff. 
it because it feels so overwhelming physical books are the easiest way for me to read so i'll mm -hmm. uh usually wait for christmas and ask for books i don't really <laughs> buy them <laughs> oh if i have a gift card way. yeah if i have but, a gift uh, card or if somebody sends me a book in the mail because they want me to blurb it or something i'll read it that way but yeah yeah but like uh, media is so overwhelming because I don't I don't have a collector's mindset and I just I get to looking at all the things available and I'm like oh my god where do I even start like I don't even I'm gonna spend you know and, and then I get to thinking about I've got this much money to spend on this which one do I want to get and mm -hmm. there's so many options and I'm mm -hmm. like you know what I, I just want a t-shirt or something <laughs> t-shirts big T-shirts are huge. I have so many T-shirts. That's genuinely how I show appreciation for something that I enjoy. It it kind of feels to me that I caught on to this tip like five, six, maybe even ten years ago. Because I'm like, I'm a child of the Pirate Bay generation, right? So I was just brought up this way. As soon as I knew how to pirate stuff, I was pirating. Um, but there is a human desire to uh, pay for content that you like so for example you know i'm subscribed to four people on patreon so i have like i have a 20 dollars patreon budget i do uh perfume nationalist contain popular front and uh this guy brad trammell he's like an art guy he makes these great videos about funko pops and nostalgia and art that i think are just fantastic uh, and i buy a lot of t-shirts right so it's like every month i have about a hundred oh and I also ten bucks every month to rune soup I haven't even used rune soup to be completely honest in like a year but I will pay for rune soup as long as that website exists because I owe so much to it so it really is this kind of feeling of like I pay when I feel like it has directly impacted my life but the days of blind buying something like spending my money on some shit that I don't even know if it's good <laughs> it's like that's over yeah. for me. That's never coming back. Yeah, or just like the the subscription base thing is where like I think merchandise comes into play a lot more for me is like this uh rebellion against digital assets and uh and and the that subscription based platform like you know nobody's got to worry about agitator going behind patreon or anything because mm -hmm. like that's just i mean I don't, I don't subscribe to shit like i don't have netflix for one it's garbage and then i don't i don't know if i have any i have hulu to watch uh, king of the hill that's mm -hmm. we watch it every single night i've seen every episode like a thousand times right. but uh everything else i just use somebody else's password and um because i'm not i, I don't is you don't even own anything it's just such a weird like it's opening up all these different black holes and like mm -hmm. this weird relationship to infinite debt and like I, like i'm always gonna owe you this money every single month it's just weird to me like i, I want to just have something you know, yeah and just be done with it no i get it i get it and see the the difference between what you're saying and the way that i look at it is that for me it's actually just a gift so for real, if every, if let's say Contain or Popular Front was just free, I would probably have a budget in place and, I don't know, donate through PayPal or something. 
just oh yeah no for sure you know what i mean like like yeah that's that's how i see the commerce of art going now so the way that i look at that for me is you know 2022 i'm looking to put out uh, the death stranding book dying world elkery wolf like me and maybe one other i'm trying to fit as many books in as i can but also make them affordable and available like if you want to steal them you can steal them you know because check it out i i got an email yesterday no three days ago from a guy and i don't know him he's i don't know if he's on twitter or not Uh, but he was trying to buy god's fair no better which for the listeners is a book that i was going to write as a part of a series but never ended up doing it and it's available on Gumroad, but Gumroad is a garbage-ass, bullshit, dogshit uh, platform. And so he couldn't, he, he couldn't buy it, so he emailed me directly. I sent it to him. Dude sends me 15 bucks, and like two days later, he comes back, and he, he wrote this beautiful, uh, really like, like, it made me feel good. Like this beautiful, probably like 1,500 words about my writing, about that book, about how, you know, listening to my podcast and reading my books opened up a whole world of influences and things that he could find. I'm not saying all this just to jerk myself off, although that's nice as well. But what I'm saying is, like, that's the way the relationship is supposed to work. So all these books that I'm coming out with and these podcasts that I do with you or Chris or whatever, it's all just, like, a service, right? And some, some people, not everybody, and that's fine, and some people genuinely want to give you money after being affected like that. The way that I am with Rune Soup or TPN. Yeah, yeah. That's the wave that we're on. We're like post-commerce with the art shit. Like, because mm-hmm. I have these arguments about like money and value about art and shit and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, who the fuck cares? But it's like literally not even in my brain whenever this shit is like... If I put a price tag on something, it's because, like, it, it, I mean, it has to get made or whatever. And if you are okay with some, you know, kind of jumbled, uh, weirdly encrypted PDF version of it, then just have it. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, fig- you know, if you want to figure out how to clean that up and read it and it doesn't bother you, then read it that way. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But uh, not, I just don't even think about that shit. Like, I'm just too immersed in the the art and that engagement is way more valuable like to me personally mm-hmm. than um because i don't make art to make money that just doesn't even make sense it does such it, a it doesn't make sense i do like what uh barrett said on contain that the only thing that makes sense when it comes to making art is to make something uh for money that's just so stupid that it's useless that really resonated with me uh, so I'll see how I can integrate that into what I do in the future. But, you know, the idea of art is just like useless objects. You know what I mean? Not as little uh, envelopes for information or, you know, uh, little containers of entertainment, but as just completely detached, useless objects is uh, very appealing to me. There was a similar wave I was on with, like, hurricane season. It wasn't to, like, commodify this thing or to, like, pull a swift con and get money right up front for, like, releasing something. How I, like, 
printed 200 copies said this is it forever whoever wants one get it now and it's 20 bucks and I mean that was just basically trolling to fuck with people's minds like to to force an engagement and for me personally to see where my engagement was mm. like mm-hmm. who is who is fucking with my shit like because I I don't care if a bunch of people bro heathenish sold like so let's see between the free downloads and it ended up on like German pirate sites so I don't know I I can't track all of the downloads and shit but Mm -hmm. from what I know of what we've like given away how much it sold on Amazon or at venues or whatever it's somewhere around like 700 copies Mm -hmm. and it's got like maybe 70 reviews over different websites and stuff Mm -hmm. No, probably like, I think, maybe like a hundred. Doesn't really mean much to me, like all the 600 just floating around, if if that is engaging with people who just, like you don't have to reach out to me and say anything, but like whoever is actually reading it and whoever it actually affects, that that's what matters to me. Like mm-hmm. just ha- having a bunch of people just have it and not do anything with it, that doesn't mean shits me like i don't care right and i think that the who cares ethos is the smartest way to look at art in general recently on twitter i've seen people uh this will be this is our new year's episode but we're recording it a bit early because we're going to be busy as fuck for the holidays so this might seem a little dated but there was a post on twitter about uh i don't know some girl with purple hair was mad because uh you know, she's like, your favorite poet. Turns out they paid $25,000 to be featured in whatever. So it's like, you were you were bought in order to like that. And man, I saw that shit and I was like, yeah? And? What's your, what's your point? <laughs> That's how yeah. this whole thing works. And I think that you and I, I mean, I know that I've been there. So I'm reticent to talk too much shit about this but if it's helpful at all to anybody listening to this i just want you to know that the world is not fair the writing world is not fair um fair is completely subjective anyway it's commerce it is a a job like any other job where you have to engage in sales and networking (coughs) and yeah you got to pay to play you got to pay to play. I'm, you know, people have this fantasy of the, you know, the uh, the singer who's like ugly, but who's discovered in a dive bar and gets a record deal, or the writer who's. That's just that's just not there. But I'd say that to say a broader point, which is that a lot of our homies, they they get kind of pissed off, I guess, when certain writers who we know who are how do how do the wiggers say it capping i think it's, it's capping. <laughs> yeah they're capping yeah um they get mad about that because you know because i don't know because they i think it's a good thing right i think that that they have in their mind like the art matters to them you know specifically the friends that i'm thinking about they're passionate people who make great art and it's like sam pink said in his fuckboy article you know, it has to matter. It has to mean something. It can't just be this like this social game. 
So I fuck with yeah. what Sam said there. But at the same time, guys, don't let people live in your head rent-free. The world is still the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, I just, I don't have any time for hating anymore. You know, I feel like Sam's article actually was kind of a, uh, just like a peak of, of, of haterness for me. Like, no disrespect to Sam, obviously, I'm not talking shit. But, like, it was so well done and so pointed. And, you know, I just noticed that, you know, a lot of people just really didn't seem to give a shit. I'm like, well, whatever. We want to be tied to this, uh... And I was like, oh, right. This is, this is pointless. Nobody cares. That, um, that essay did something beautiful and how it created... It drew the line very clearly. Yeah. And not, to me, not between, like, people on this side or that side of the same, like, game. Like, we're not even on the same chessboard. Like, we're not playing the same shit. Exactly. It created a line to see that, oh, if you're fucking with that, you're way outside of the sphere of anything that I'm even doing. So I really don't care. Yeah. Like, exactly. I don't give a shit. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's an aesthetic preference, right? I mean, I'm with Sam. I made a decision at a certain point that that this actually means something, and that's going to dictate who I associate with you know but on the flip side of that I just you know to me I look at some of these people who get you know big book deals and movie deals and whatever whatever is pissing people off these days and I'm just like they're not even they're not even speaking my language right it'd be like if I found out that I don't know that Hideo Kojima was uh, I don't know hated within the video game industry, right? And and he's you know he made Metal Gear and all and like, but he doesn't deserve like I wouldn't care. I would just play Death Stranding because I like that game a lot. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about uh, some of these people who I'm dancing around because I really I really don't want to make a big deal out of this, but it is important. Um, you know I just I see their books. I see their, the covers of their books and the descriptions and the titles, and I'm just like, no, oh no, it's like seeing a Danielle Steele book, you know, right? Like, oh, that's not for me. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. It's like they got this. Like, um, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Might as well have been like they built a house and sold it for a million dollars. Like, that's fine. Yeah, like, that's good. Know. Good for them. It's an it's an ugly cool. house. I wouldn't live in it. So yeah, I'm I, not. I, don't care. I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, yeah. I mean, that's like to me. I've seen some books come out from some people who I really don't care for this year. I've talked about them in, on the show. Um, that's all in the past for me. Uh, which is, by the way, my ego won't let me not say this, but I'm not saying that I'm wrong about those books. I just, I just don't have any more time. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Like, I, I'm not. I haven't changed my mind about anything. I've just moved on. Like, can people still do that? Do they? Do they yeah. Can people remember like how to how to move on? How to like say a thing and get the fuck over it? Like, yeah, to just like, uh, yeah, no, exactly. Oh, go ahead. Like this, this headspace is is prime real estate. Like, 
you're not you're not living for free up here. No, no way, no way. Who am I gonna Who am I gonna dislike that much? That I'm gonna you know spend time on it. The homie Lucas who bailed on us for this episode um, actually really helped me. I think put my head in the right place when it comes to this kind of stuff because he's he's been a little salty in the group chat lately. And anytime I like bring up a little a little uh, drama or gossip or whatever, he's very quick to be like, who fucking cares? And at first I'm <laughs> like, oh, damn, somebody's on their period today. But <laughs> but he's right, you know what I mean? And I, uh, I value that. I value somebody who's just like, bro, shut the fuck up. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. No, Lucas uh, helps. A, Lucas fast tracks a lot, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, he always seems to go through a whirlwind of uh, day-to-day feeling this type of way and then that type of way and then being on the other side of it. I'm just like... And then I think maybe a week or two later, like, you and I will catch up and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, who cares? <laughs> right, yeah. I'm behind Yeah, I'm behind the curve on Lucas. It's it's interesting what we have in that group chat, though, because we, we bounce off ideas from each other and we kind of create... Uh, ways of making art and thinking about art and what's awesome about Lucas is that he implements those quickly and I'm always like three steps behind I'm like oh wait we were actually going to do this right right and so he's like you know finished up another novella and I think god damn Lucas <laughs> Lucas yeah, is actually yeah. doing this shit so he's he's very inspiring to me but I will forever give him shit because that's what I do with my homies that's what we do. We're, we're agitators. Yep. That is the we, the name of this show. It comes by it honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so just make shit and stop giving so much of a fuck, people. It's 2022. The world has been ravaged by a deadly global pandemic that killed 85 million trillion people. Uh, you know, the Chinese are coming to kill your babies. I don't know. Whatever. All the stuff that people go through. We're in the Anthropocene climate change definitely not fake a super real thing that's happening right now and has killed the rest of the people on the planet this is uh the ghost agitator podcast we're all ghosts actually we've all actually been killed by uh the anthropocene anyway my point is just make shit and shut the fuck up on that note genocyber genocyber we're talking about the 1994 Koichi Ohata directed OVA adaptation of the 92 cyberpunk manga by Tony Taka uh, Taka what was his name? Tony Takazaki Takazaki I think I got that right who knows it's a badass name Takazaki that is a bad name badass name <laughs> that is a terrible name <laughs> that is a bad name fuck That's Tony awful. Takazaki <laughs> Tony Taka Taka <laughs> Taka 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 taka. Man. Don't you, uh, uh, no, never mind. Forget it. I'm gonna try to not be racist on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the season finale is a little, uh, little preview of We're what turn- came before <laughs> and a little preview of what's to come. Yeah. Actually, next season we're gonna be canceling people. It's gonna be great. I got a list of people <laughs> I want to cancel. The, 
People have already called him racist, misogynistic. What's what's a good one? Oh, gay. Maybe, let's just cancel him for being gay. Maybe cancel him for being gay. How about let's make up a, a thing that he that he uh, like hates dogs or something. That might work. <laughs> that's that's the only thing I feel um, a little like detached from uh, right wing circles is that like it's so weird coming from because like being being in a writing community for so long Mm -hmm. like uh writers are pretty much all libtards yeah and they all fucking love cats which are like the worst the worst animal oh i'm so glad you said that cats are the worst animal yep they're they suck they're like the devil incarnate yeah they don't give a fuck about you they're just disgusting and they'll eat you when you die yep um all true but like the right wing camp seems seems to like have this thing against dogs as well. But really? I think it's like a, a I think it's a class thing. Like I think like a lot of right wing people came from like more stable environments. Mm. At least like right wing online people. Now mm. all the like most of the people in my circle are like, you know, right wing and shit because it's you know, you're on. You've got boots on the ground. You know, you you come up from nothing. You you don't have time for you know the fucking lie that is the liberal agenda. And like you, you need shit. Like you need capitalism to work for you. You and you need some freedoms to be mm-hmm. able to mm-hmm. pull yourself up. Sure. So nobody is. You know, nobody at that poverty line is like who's not living with their parents, pretending to be a communist. Like nobody in that <coughs> arena is actually it has time for the whole like playing left-wing bullshit but <coughs> sorry i think I maybe like coming my mouth <laughs> you, you're choke, choking on your your boyfriend's dick <coughs> yeah sorry oh man i hate it when it shoots out that fast dude <coughs> yeah warning swallow all right i'm back and we're back and we're gay so, uh, man, I didn't mean to, I'm gonna have to cut out that, cause, uh, no homo on this show, Mm-mm. but, was where you, was I at? Oh, you were talking, were about, talking about something about how right-wing people hate dogs. Yeah, I've discovered this, like, I don't, like, weird, uh, hatred for, and I think it's because in, like, more middle class environments like dogs or sort or dog owners apparently are kind of like these cosplayers for uh, these like social justice cosplayers or whatever oh, okay. where they're like this is my token dog like they've they've moved mm-hmm. past like mm-hmm. libtards have come out as ex- like just so fucking racist it's like mm-hmm. they do not fuck with black people anymore um and that's like known. Mm-hmm. So their new token is like pit bulls or something. Oh, something that's like okay. Okay, aesthetically black or aesthetically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. hood or whatever. And it's their little token. And, you know, so they go around owning these, you know, pit bulls or whatever and just being obnoxious menaces to society and so i think that's where like the hatred comes from in that circle but i love pit bulls with all of my heart yeah and uh yeah i was gonna say that's that's very it's very silly and it feels very online 
just doesn't feel it feels like something that people a conclusion that people would arrive at after being on Twitter for way too long yeah yeah it's it's more of that online stuff and it's all it's all fake and gay and who cares yep genocyber it is a movie uh so this movie definitely um oh man it felt so i've never seen anything like it first of all and the reason why is because it's split up into five parts and the first 45 minutes are <clears throat> it's basically a little movie about the genesis of this uh, monster, the, the genocyber monster, which is uh, the product of a mad scientist who kind of like fused the brains of two twins who are psychic, uh, who can like become this, this thing. And, you know, and the first movie's got all this crazy late 80s, early 90s uh, R-rated anime stuff like there's a shot from inside a vagina as a baby's getting born uh there's you know people getting their spines ripped out faces ripped off cut in half all this kind of crazy shit right but then but then it moves into these unevenly timed episodes like four episodes after right and each of the four episodes, two and two of them are the same story that are arbitrarily split in the middle, and they have nothing to do with each other at all, except that they're kind of linked by this by this monster, right? One takes place in the far future, after the world's been destroyed, <clears throat> and uh, and the other uh, is like a very bizarre like episode of a TV show takes place on a on an aircraft carrier that turns into meat. And so, taken as a whole on YouTube, all smushed together, it's it feels so strange, doesn't it? Yeah, it was really weird, like extremely disjointed and awkwardly paced. Um, and the whole like, there's so much there's so much exposition in this uh, miniseries or whatever you want to call it that like one it doesn't make any sense whatsoever mm-hmm. and two nobody cares mm-hmm. so like because it's all about the set pieces it's all about the art like that aircraft carrier might be one of the most boring storylines but the uh it has one of the greatest set pieces which is when the whole ship turns into this giant meat thing mm-hmm. that's like like being taken over by the fucking monster growing out of one of the uh, scientists on board Mm -hmm. yeah it had that uh oh first off we got to explain to um the the listeners what what this is medium wise so like you know what ova stands for right uh uh something video anime original video Mm -hmm. animation Mm -hmm. No, no, that's totally wrong. It's okay. one of those uh, aw- awkward translations. It means uh, oral vagina annihilator. That's tight. And uh, yeah, it's used to reference the horny nature of these 90s like anime. Because mm-hmm. that is the one thing I was really fucking with about this is it is mean and nasty yep. as fuck. Yeah, it is. It reminds me of, um, I remember when I was a kid, and I would watch these 80s movies. I remember watching RoboCop, 
And uh, there's the scene where the dad from that 70s show, he, he shoots that guy in the legs and then leaves a grenade for him or whatever. And something about the guy being with hookers and cocaine on the table and the sexual way 70s show dad pulls the pin out of the grenade with his mouth and sets it like just out of reach of this guy who, who can't, you know, get to it in time. Uh-huh. It it struck me as just one of the most vile things I'd ever seen, which is totally random, because considering some of the things I've seen since then, I didn't get that feeling again until I started watching Mickey movies and saw Itchy the Killer and Visitor Q, and the, which those all feel like they have a a layer of grime that's thick enough to you know, like you could put your finger in it down to the second knuckle, you know, um, but like. <laughs> But yeah, it's just like there was like in these 80s movies, there was just like a disregard for humanity. And there's just something about the aesthetic quality of like kind of the blurry, uh, the blurry picture and the 80s synth music that just all comes together to make me feel very awkward. And Genocyber is just that for two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. A very odd two and a half hours, too. Mm-hmm. I like because the, the first story which is the best is like 45 minutes long and then after that you get like these 20 minute uh, mm-hmm. it's sort of the inverse of like uh, the quite on mm-hmm. structure right where you're watching like the the centerpiece of it for like as the introduction and then the rest of it's these little short offshoots that aren't really tied together that yeah. much and the, the intros have different they're all different too it's like i don't know if the guy who put this on youtube was pulling from different transfers or what because the one that we watched on youtube was dubbed by the way which was hilarious because it's mm-hmm. just people being like what the fuck is that what the fuck fucking fuck what the fuck bullshit <laughs> um but they all have different title cards right you know you start off with like you know uh, stage one, whatever, and then stage two and stage three are each a, list, a little different. And then when you get to episode four, it has this whole theme song, and it's like super cult animation, genocyber, go. And I was just like, were these all made in a vacuum by people who didn't <laughs> talk to each other? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they got it, the character designs and the general idea, and they each made their own thing. It, uh, it definitely has that vibe to it but one thing they were pulling from they put in the gospel of this this movie that they handed to all the different writers or whatever the vajra they're like make sure you reference that a million times each episode (laughs) and i still don't know what it means (laughs) yeah there's something at the beginning about how when a the light hits you it makes multiple shadows and the shadows have energy and that's vajra and Nobody, everybody was on cocaine when they made this. So none of it really has to make sense, you know? It's just, it's just this, well, I don't know how much you know about the history of Genocyber, but it was initially pitched as a, like it's just as a, I think as a live action movie for Bandai, which is, uh, now Bandai is like a big, I mean, it was a big company back then too, but you know, it put out Dark Souls and shit like that. Um, right. It's like the parent company of From Software and everything like that. But uh, yeah, they had initially pitched it as live action. So what's interesting, you'll notice in the movie, uh, they used a lot of models on set to animate over. So a lot of it is live action models, 
that uh, remember in the first episode like there's this random hallucinatory sequence where a guy's like a guy blows his brains out but he thinks that there's like a bug coming after him and yeah, you see this yeah. like this like live action bug coming at him and he's screaming that was just a model that they had so this really does feel like an aborted project where they they picked up the pieces and just tried to do whatever they could with it on a second to second basis while also telling an entire season of tv's story in 40 minutes the thing that i was bummed about like the the feeling of that because we've we've talked positively about structures like that before you know and defended it with like our own uh, collaboration with dead boy and stuff you know but the with this it's like i and this is something i'll never like i'll never say uh but like i wanted more of certain things that it just kind of sped right past like like the relationship between elaine the girl who escapes and uh that like homeless boy that's like so sped through that i i knew there was something there because there's like i don't know there's just a an energy to it and you know where it's gonna go or where it would go but it doesn't go there it's just kind of like i think she and the boy who are supposed to be like tight as kin and like supposed to have this emotional uh connection by the end of it and they they do but we don't really we don't really see that it just like kind of happens it's just like oh and they're best friends I'm like how they like just kind of bumped into each other in the city oh yeah it basically goes uh it gives a psychedelic feeling through that right i feel like you can simulate psychedelia if you oscillate between major emotions that normally have to be built up to and just present them and allow them to bump up against each other and clash you start to you start to feel really weird when you're watching stuff like that because you're just being pulled one way and the other so fast it kind of simulates the way you feel when you're more emotionally vulnerable uh, under the influence of mushrooms or acid or something like that so this psychedelic is a term that's way overused but I definitely felt like I, I was having flashbacks while I was watching Genocyber because because yeah it's just it's completely in its own head right it's like everybody's in there and like I it's it's very cocaine fueled and, and they're throwing a bunch of shit together <laughs> and it makes sense to them but uh and see you're right though what you said earlier is that we're all these criticisms are things that we've said in the past are actually good right so I don't know I don't know what it is about Genocyber that just didn't really click for me it's like I had to come to it on its terms and maybe it maybe it is something that's like the artists were in their own head like so far up their own asses with it that like you can enjoy it for what it is if you accept its terms but it's a hard one to just access blindly to just come in yourself and be like i'm gonna get this out of it it's like nope you are gonna get a real trippy really disjointed really colorful and like ugly beautiful like it it's it's 
vibrant and it's like got amazing set piece after amazing set piece and great monster designs but it's like ugly it's like grungy 80s 90s style anime and uh which is the best kind in my opinion but um something you got to kind of like you can't just throw around beautiful in describing it uh but it it's it's a monster flick that makes no fucking sense whatsoever no i stopped trying i i did the thing where i let my eyes glaze over and i just you know at times i'm not even gonna lie like i would just do something else while it was on i would like click around i kind of checked my phone i went out to get like a drink and i I didn't pause i didn't do anything because i got to a certain point and i was like this isn't gonna make sense if i if i just even if i pay attention to it so i might as well just lean in you know and just let this shit run and i would come back and be like there would be times where i'd come back and be like wait a minute like i'm actually genuinely lost i gotta back up a little bit and i'd back up and watch what led up to it and i'd be like yep still don't know what's still going lost. on yeah, still lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i do appreciate though that they created something that's of that quality that constantly has something interesting going on true like it always looks if you just want a surface level like um just cool looking gross anime you can put this on and it's like five out no it's two and a half hours long i mean seems like five hours sometimes but whereas like i'll i'd background watch a lot of anime like uh naruto is how i got through that that's one of the only animes i've watched all the way through that's that size and i i mean i had a ton of episodes on in the background i wasn't paying attention to all that shit but there's a there's nothing going on in those like they just they're stretched out with all this filler and shit and like way too much training scenes and talking scenes that don't have anything to do with anything else outside of just like biding time until they have the next story written right so like shit like naruto and attack on titan i'll put on in the background and there's just nothing going on sometimes but in this it's like it it's that type of anime that always has something cool on screen yeah and i liked so. it i liked its uh, politics too it was it seemed very anti-un uh it's a very cynical movie the whole world blows up eventually um and it's done again in that very late 80s early 90s casual disregard for human life kind of way that anime is really good at i think anime decouples the human from uh from the story in a way that i find fascinating uh, because you can watch animes like Grave of the Fireflies, which is a very humanistic story. Mm-hmm. But in large part, uh, humans, even when they're humans, aren't really humans. That's right, Gus. Gus is helping me out here. He was complaining in his walker, so I picked him up. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it it's it's just it's a strange vibe to be in because you almost feel like you're in a horny or autistic person's brain when you watch anime yeah and you are and it is also like uh, anime almost always has the right politics and it does come from like uh horny edgelords like Mm -hmm. but that is something that i think uh that i want to see more in art and that i want to personally like i'm putting more into my art 
is this like aggressive uh nihilism and like tainted like tones like just ugly shit because like that's where that shit can exist i am super anti-nihilism like i think nihilism is fucking retarded but i always like my favorite art is nihilist as fuck like that shit has to exist somewhere it's like it it does exist like the feeling of emptiness the feeling of nothing the god abandoned me there's no hope there's like we killed god all of that shit like all those thoughts and these like and maybe even in a literal sense somewhere on the timeline like those things maybe even happened like the world did end god is dead like everything all of this stuff is already out there in the ether so we have to put it somewhere and to me someone who doesn't want to live like that i don't want to live with those like with that ideology i don't want that to like be part of my uh life experience my waking up my family my politics whatever like i'll trap it inside of my art Mm -hmm. and that's where i really fuck with that and that's where like i can experiencing other art like that i can exercise that part that that does exist like it's those those ideas those feelings they're there so like you have to you have to let it out somewhere and i guess that's what like that did get me thinking because this this series is really cynical really nihilistic and uh i did fuck with that aspect of it a whole lot so like yeah i I think it it finally clicked with me why i uh i fuck with nihilistic art when i have nothing but total disdain and disgust for any kind of ideology along those lines comes down to just enjoying things that are separate from your lived experience and being people have this weird uh coupling strategy when it comes to art right that all art attaches to you like some kind of parasite that uh, you know it infects your brain makes you think differently but that is the direct opposite of what art is supposed to do it's more like you said it's a arena that you can step into to feel things that you don't often feel right because if it's just stuff that you feel already anyway what's what the art is doing is giving you dopamine and reconfirming bias and that's also fine at times but it requires a balance and that balance means that sometimes you watch a weird ass movie with a big green monster that you know where the camera uh, the monster splits someone in two and the camera follows you all the way through the split you know mm-hmm so, so what did uh how did pe- other people feel about this when it first came out <laughs> oh do you know did you did you acquire some reviews yeah it it was not well received back in the day it's been just recently um and I think this is why it's like, because that video that we watched, I think, was only uploaded like a year ago or something. Yeah, it was for the pandemic. Um, it was quarantine anime. Thanks, guy, YouTube guy, who uploaded that. Yeah, thanks, YouTube person. Thanks for, uh, man, I've been, a lot of this season, I got to watch on YouTube, mm-hmm. which is, uh, 
kind of unheard of like you know youtube is full of fucking algorithms that like to not let you enjoy anything mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah thanks youtube people uh but no it was not immediately well received uh the coolest parts of it were criticized for being too awesome uh <laughs> yeah J justin savakis from anime news network said it takes sadistic glee in being as graphic as possible and you have to be able to appreciate anger the sort of nihilism and angst that fills and infects one's soul again right like the way to not let it infect your soul is to just not let it infect your soul yeah it's kind of that simple like accept jesus christ into your heart Boom. and you'll be safe watching anime facts that's i mean yeah it just sounds like he's a he went the way of Mamoru Oshii and uh, lost his faith, and that's why he couldn't enjoy this this movie. Yeah, fuck him and fuck Mamoru Oshii. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who leaves the what if that was how the uh, the church? What I mean, it's been so long since I've been affiliated with any churches, but mm -hmm. so that I don't know. I think it kind of is how it how it feels but like when you leave if they're just like well fuck you <laughs> you're, you're going to hell you dumb bitch that's essentially it they dress it yeah. up in pretty language but that's basically all they say which is hilarious oh Gus has a thought about that oh yeah what's that oh yeah tell us you think that people should accept Jesus <laughs> he thinks that's funny <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah, you know, I love when the when the kids laugh on cue, like just perfectly timed on oh, yeah. the show. It's great, it's great. So you got any more reviews? Uh, that was the only one I could find. Okay. They were like, I, I just it was like it was not critically well received. So and I was like, is that? I mean, is that the only review there was of it? Well, that's weird, like, man, because uh, Lucas suggested this movie, um, and it was the first I'd ever heard of it. So this one feels like it kind of got buried. Apparently it's been used many times in music videos. Uh, people have played it in the backgrounds of, you know, punk shows and shit like that, which makes sense, all the gore and everything. Um, but I had never heard of Genocyber, and I thought I had a basic knowledge of anime. So would this be considered an underground movie? For sure, yeah, I think for sure. This okay. is a... Um, and I think it's just now a cult classic since we're talking about it on the show uh <laughs> it it was just straight underground niche corner mm. uh yeah no i had never heard i had seen i knew the elaine character uh and i had seen the monster uh probably from music videos and shit i knew they looked familiar but i had i had never seen this before hmm. yeah i'd never even heard of it before it's a cool title though it is, it is a great it's a great title and it's and like oh it's violent and nihilistic it's like yeah it's called genocyber exactly <laughs> like it's a play on the words genocide and cyber which kind of if you know anything about cyberpunk mm -hmm. or if you have any kind of feelings about the you know the more and more creeping uh, surveillance state corporatized military cyborg tech shit going on you know, there, there's nothing but negativity and ugliness wrapped up in that title. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, watching this movie actually reminded me of my youth 
It reminded me of being 13 or 14. And I had made friends with this kid. We'll call him Tommy on the show. It's not his real name. Just so everyone knows, this is a very serious story. Um, <coughs> but we bonded over uh, the band Korn. And uh, try, like listening to Korn lyrics and trying to write them out. Specifically the track All in the Family, in which Jonathan Davis and Fred Durst trade a battle rap. It's great. Like, have you heard that song? Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. It's really good. Um, so basically, he was really into anime, and I would go over to his house. He lived with his dad. And Tommy, to me, is like the prototype of like the anime nerd. Are you gonna throw up, buddy? Are you gonna spit up? He's been he's been drinking his bottle this whole time, and now it looks like he's he's rumbling. Just try not to throw up on me. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up over the fuck out. He's like, it's the season finale, Dad. I'm gonna I'm bringing my A game here. Oh, yeah, he's bringing the A game for sure. So I would uh, go over to his house with his dad, and like, he just lived in filth right um my mother ran a cleaning business so my house was always spotless well she didn't run a cleaning business she worked for my aunt's cleaning business my house was always spotless and my house is not spotless now because i got an eight month old but it's clean you know like i I wipe shit down with clorox wipes i sweep the floor i mop it rios and i like we do dishes etc etc but this guy showed me just like the kind of filth and squalor that some people live in, just grime everywhere, you know? And, uh, you know, he, he lived with his dad. And then, you know, one day I remember my mom coming up to my room in the morning and she was crying and she was like, you know, Tommy's dad is dead. And apparently the dude had had a, uh, it was a diabetes thing. He didn't get his insulin shot on time. And so, to, like, Tommy found him uh, in the bathroom, right? Just dead. So that was kind of dark. So he ended up moving in with his mom, and she also lived in filth and squalor. But she was obsessed with uh, Star Trek homoplates, you know? So she had, like, Star Trek plates all over the wall. But just, you know, piles of containers of shit. And there's, like, there's a smell that comes along with real filth and it's like it's almost sweet and so I would go over there and he had a little brother that he lived with and his little brother was I don't know some kind of special or something he would always walk up to us and say would you like to try my recipes and he would just have a bowl with random shit in it and he was making food I guess and uh I don't know. When I say it was the prototype nerd, you know, we would watch a lot of anime at his house, right? And he had just, you know, folders and folders downloaded off of Kazaa and LimeWire of hentai, right? And he would basically (laughs) say, you know, check this shit out. And I would, I wouldn't even know what I was looking at, you know? It was just these, (laughs) just this strange, like, is that supposed to be the inside of a penis? I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. Right, <laughs> and um, so yeah, so he ended up moving out to the country. I remember visiting a f- him a few times, and going to like the Rattlesnake Festival and stuff like that. But we kind of 
lost touch over the years because he he's one of those people you ever have a friend who's just really awkward to be around and you can't really explain it but like whenever you're in public no matter what they say you're a little embarrassed by it like fuck man just like just kind of keep it down you know yeah 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 and he was just kind of like this dopey guy man i mean like he came over to my house once and we were on the computer and he was sitting next to me and he's a big old fat dude and he just like broke the chair like the chair just collapsed (laughs) and i remember just like feeling uh you know this mixture of pity and revulsion right with this dude and that feeling right of being in just like a disgusting house with like this profoundly sad but generally happy person uh i just associate that with anime you know and it's just it's got that grime feeling to it yeah yeah that that's that's the vibe the the fat friend who who broke the chair who broke the chair exactly yeah we would we fell apart we we didn't fall apart we split apart grew apart drifted apart as we got older and he moved to Dallas with his girlfriend he had a corgi because I guess he liked cowboy bebop that was his thing and uh oh, hell yeah yeah he named it Einstein yeah his yeah the dog's name was Ein yeah um and uh yeah, his girlfriend ended up cheating on him with, like, his friend or something. And the friend and her are married now and have a baby. But uh, Tommy moved, I think, well, he moved back to my hometown. And, uh, yeah, he just really got into smoking weed a lot and, like, taking pills. And um, I don't know. Unfortunately, he liked his favorite pastime became you know smoking weed and taking pills and going on joy rides and so one night he got really high and uh just plowed head on into uh you know a woman who's just driving home from work and killed her and so he's actually in jail now i think for a really long time god damn and uh so all of that is wrapped up in when I watch animes like this, it just it gives me that vibe, and it's not entirely comfortable. 